recording now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Modern American Dream podcast. I am live with Jamie Camerata. Jamie and I have been friends for over eight. I was going to say seven, eight years. Yeah. Wow. We met through Keller Williams. On a roof deck in Texas. On a roof deck in Texas. (laughs) We don't live in Texas. No. And our offices are right across the street from each other. So we've seen growth together as business people, Mm -hmm. right? Our kids were younger, now they're older. Crazy. Right? And we've seen each other succeed in real estate, right? And we kind of watched each other's personal growth, like ups and downs, right? So today, that's what we're talking about. (laughs) Let's start with your backstory. Backstory? Yeah, like there's so many people that don't know. They don't know the JMC? Yeah, like give us a little. Like growing up in Framingham? Like backstory? Yeah, like as much as we could pack into a nice little, like. All right, like a little 60 second blurb? No, like more than 60 seconds, but like give us a little something to work with. So I grew up in Framingham and um, my dad was a dispatcher, my mom was a florist. Uh, I went to Fremont State College, had to stay local. My parents worked their butt off to provide for us. A dispatcher? Dispatcher. Wow. So like when you call 911 and they're like, this is the recorded line, this is Big Bill. <laughs> so, uh, and they dispatched the police. Um, so my dad worked for the Fremont Police Department. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. And your mom was a florist? She worked for a florist. So she was sales. Ironically, I didn't know that when I was younger. Where? I used to watch her. Him? But at Barber Brother Florist in Natick, which I don't believe is still in existence, but I one time in my life, I have to share this now with you. I one time worked for a flower company delivering flowers, like a florist. Yeah. You know? As a delivery? As a delivery boy. So to pick up the bouquets every week, you yeah. bring them, you know, when yeah. there's a wedding, you do centerpieces. Mm-hmm. But some places, some offices that are nice get a nice big heavy like base it's beautiful yeah. so know? that was that was where my mother worked like barbara brother florist before the internet really came about with you know being able to order flowers mm-hmm. they didn't have that capability then so everything was through like a person that you call and that person Little used like a store. DOS system yeah, you know like, upstairs above the store yeah. and they were the first florist to really almost kind of comparable to what maybe Le Fleur does here in Andover. You know, they're just very well known for high-end, beautiful flowers and um, accessories. And so Barbara the Florists, that's uh, where they grew. They were yeah. small and then they grew into a big corporation. So, um, so yeah, my mother did that. Um, let's see. Um, there, what else do you, I don't know. I went to school to be a teacher, a school teacher. Hold on. You didn't let me finish. <laughs> oh, no. My, the big bouquet, yeah. there's two places early in the morning. This is summer. I used to always have to go to summer school because I like didn't do my work on time. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. So, and then, so I go in to this place early in the morning. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two bouquets. There's a bunch, but there's these two. One place is called Across. Mm-hmm. The other place is called Atlas. Okay. S's, C's, doubled <laughs> up. It's fucking six thirty. Relax, everybody. You know I'm in high. I'm like in high school. I don't even want this job. <laughs> I go and I walk into this place that gets this giant thing, and I put down like a thing the size of that microphone. It's like this cup. It's like yeah. a little wedding center. Yeah. <laughs> I get in the car. I drive to the no. other place. I walk in with the big fucking thing. Put it down. Drive back to the office. Loving in your life now. Do making it. money. Flower delivering Do boy. You know what I mean? I'm driving their car. 
this really uh, shitty like Isuzu like boxy <laughs> thing, and when the wind blew hard, the like, car did too. <laughs> it's like a box. I'm like, what the? So I get back, and the guy goes, calls me. He goes, did you park the car? I go, yeah, I'm about to. He's like, park the car, leave the keys in the car, and walk home. And that was the end of that. That was it. That was it. Not here, not. I walked home and I was like, this mofo couldn't even like tell me to go back and switch it. And, you know. Yeah, that's tough love. That was me as a kid. Now, Mm -hmm. if I were that dude now. What would you do? Oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> you do the same thing. It's tough. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. Flowers. I don't know. Flowers. Yeah. That's what they could do. But my mom was in sales, though. Like, I didn't understand this, though, dude. Like, I would watch my mom, and she would, like, upsell everybody. And I didn't understand sales. I mean, I was like a kid. Naturally. Naturally. So, the, wow. the owner used to put them in on incentive programs, which I didn't know this until I was older. Yeah. But my mother used to be like, well, how did you think I made extra money to do this and extra money to do that? Yeah. I'm like, I didn't think about that. I just thought about like me, yeah. you know, and, and, and being a scooper at Friendly's at 16. And, uh, and she did sales like at such a high level that sometimes I think about sales and I think like, wow, did I get some of that natural, like quick witty you know go with the flow like from watching her after school sometimes she knew she knew what about sales you think like what do you think you learned now that you know sales well she relationship building so it didn't matter so remember whoever's calling you don't know who they are yeah but she would just have this natural flow with them yeah and would be like what are you looking for what's the occasion talk to me you know, no way. yeah, and they would next level, yeah, next and level. all these other ladies wow. were like in their little wow. cubicles, like reading from the thing. And my mother's typing away with her long nails, and she's like, Credit card when ready, like she was already at the credit card, and the people are still ordering, like, wow. like what they wanted. And was it her shop? No, so it's so crazy. No, but she was just such a hard worker, you know. I definitely wow. think that you know, I, I get that from my parents, like, they just the worth ethic on them. They were the people that every employer wants to hire. Like, they're there, they're, there, they're, they're committed. Like, you know they're showing up. They're showing up, they're committed to you, they're yeah. lifelong workers. Man, I feel um, like it's not at, like that no. as much it's these like days. That. No. Right? Do you no. agree or disagree? I 100%, I 100% agree. Yeah. I, it's hard to find somebody that's gonna stick with you. Yeah, I think me as a newly person who's like hiring and I want to have like a million people, right? That's Mm -hmm. like my dream. So many people that work in the company. Mm -hmm. And then like realizing what it really is and like, you know, you can't, we can't all be a captain, right? But Mm -hmm. we can all be on the team and like, it's crazy how much the smallest member of the team can affect. Oh. The whole team. The whole team. And team being like, I'm not in sports, but right. office in an office environment. Yeah. Like it's like waves. Right. I mean, I honestly know? I think it's with anything. It could be a friendship circle. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be a work environment. Yeah. But if you have that we call it like a cancer, right? If you have that one cancer, cancer oh. it will take down the entire team slash relationship yeah. slash whatever you're putting it towards um and you have to be careful with that because it's really hard to to make sure that um that you're in tune with the people that you're around it's no different than friendships and stuff you know you know when somebody's having a good day or bad day like yeah i agree i think like um even with friendships and like things like that unfortunately cancer is like a crazy word but there's no better way to describe it right because it could literally it, it feels like shit. It makes you feel horrible. It makes the yeah. environment feel horrible. You know? Do like, you, if you do, don't remove it, like, ready? So, if you detect yeah. it early and you do treatment or you remove it, yeah. right? You're taking care of the problem. Yeah. When you don't take care of the problem and you, you know, and it's just like little over time, over time, over time, yeah. and it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, you might be able to remove the problem. 
but the problem has already gotten its taken its teeth yeah. into everything yeah, yeah, else yeah, yeah, yeah. that um it's just really 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 it's like important. a real cancer if you do a biopsy you i mean that's why we're calling it that i think that um that's cool that says a lot about probably leadership right let's go back to your mom and your dad your little girl right around what time did you leave you out oh i was out it as soon as i went to college i was out at 18. so i went to college and yeah. um i lived so i went to Fairham state but yeah. i wanted to live on campus local local i worked right. five jobs to put myself to college no. my, mom, my mom and dad didn't pay for college five jobs no, my parents were like this, you're going to college, you're going to college. No one in our family's going to college, you're going to college. Yeah. So in my mind, I was like, all right, we're going to college. But when it came to that, like, detailed of a step, like, I applied, I paid the application fees, I got into, like, Colby, Stonehill, Bentley. Like, I got into major schools and then state yeah. schools. I remember being like, all right, I want to go here. My parents were like, all right, great, how much is it? And I'm like, X. And they were like, where are you going to get that? I'm like, me? <laughs> no, I thought you. So when we had the real conversation, I realized I had to take out my own Stafford loan, come up with money. And like, like you're like, they're not in a position. To pay no for this. way. Yeah. But and I wanted don't to look like, like they're no. going to be like here. Honey. No, there was no secret. Like, Hey, by the way, after four years, we're yeah, going to yeah. give you the surprise big check yeah. in the end. No surprise. But you wanted life. to go to school. I wanted to go to school. And you're like, no matter what, no matter what, you have no kids at this time, no kids, parents convinced me, you gotta have that piece of paper in a frame, right. In order to be hired and to be successful in life. Like my dad, I think that you do though. They you weren't do. wrong. Right. They yeah. were right. You do. You hundred percent. In do. a lot of places you very well, much then, do. Honestly, I think then you did. So I think that, right. right, I think we've Even had a now shift. you still kind of do. Yeah, but I also think, think about all of these platforms like TikTok and Instagram and yes, these yes, kids yes, creating yes. stuff. I, I, yes. The opportunities the, are more, whoa, but boy, there yeah. are still like CEOs of those companies yeah. that it would You have help. to have a degree. There's you might not have to, but it'd probably be like, cool, you know? Yeah. It might help. I don't know. I didn't go to college. <laughs> Okay, well, you we'll know. sit in the same chairs next to each yeah. other. And I got that pretty piece of paper. But, you know, I worked for that paper. I worked my ass off. And, yeah, um, that's like my brother. But he didn't work. He worked three jobs. He'd be going to school, work, back to school, yeah. back to work, yeah. school. That's it. I, was like, I don't even think I had any idea of what he was doing. Right. Oh, listen, when you're doing it, by the way, you don't even know what you're doing. Like, you don't, don't even know what you're doing. I don't know how I would get up to go to classes from like 8.20 to 10.20, yeah. right? And then I would have the afternoon till 4.30 till my next class, right? 4.20. Yeah. So I would go and work at like Quick Hava. It was a coffee shop, right? I pull a four-hour shift there, get back in my car, get back on campus, take off my uniform, put on college stuff, smell like coffee and donuts, right? Take my class, go back to my dorm, throw on Vinny Testa's server stuff, haul my ass to Natick wait tables next morning get up for swim lesson class like you know teaching swim lessons that's crazy. i was doing everything anything i've never worked that hard in my life that's crazy well yeah you have yeah i know i have but you like just, not five jobs yeah like, but I listen feel like I, I, I was crazy. i didn't know what i didn't know now you know i didn't know that i just wanted to make money and the only way i could is is by taking shifts i didn't even look at it the way that I you do now were more and now you're we're going to talk about it going forward like yeah. in a little but like now you're in leadership and you were more like an hourly employee and yeah. now you're more like a value-based employee yeah like my parents would be like blue collar basic like check the box check in and yeah. check out yeah right? which is also partially generation it is right it, like yeah. that's that's what it is you know yeah that's so, cool yeah so it was good so i went to Fresno state became a school teacher a school teacher yeah third grade baby did you do like a year of school no i did four years of school and then i did student teaching during school you taught kids for four years i taught kids for yeah 2000 i graduated 2001 so then i got my first teaching job at a catholic school in east boston yeah 37 kids to myself half speaking other languages that i didn't understand with no assistance 
that was really hard. I mean, you're coming out of school with a degree and you think you know what you're doing and you did your fancy student teaching and you have your pretty binders and with all the, the workplace is like, here you go, honey. There yep. you are, 37 kids, ah, first day of school, and you're like, wait a minute, what what am I going to do, you know? Dude, actually, that's crazy, but what do you think you learned from being in a class with 37 degrees? Oh. What, what did you think you learned about, you know, like, I'm this year, first year coaching the travel team, uh -huh. right, for doing, and it's the weirdest thing, but I'm starting to realize, like, a, I don't know anything about basketball. Street ball skills don't apply. <laughs> no, they don't. It's the craziest thing. <laughs> but B is like when you put in that position and yeah. there's people like these, this little team of the guy, little kids are yeah. kind of like beneath you. Yeah. And now you've got to lead and coach them. Mm -hmm. And that's a really weird place to be because yeah. you start getting feelings like, am I doing this right? right. Am I good? At, you right. know what I mean? So my big belief, which is weird that, but that I really felt like that for a moment. I feel even with coaching, right? Cause yeah. I coached the basketball for like the YMCA and the street smarts. I'm like, Oh, I played, you know, hoops. Yeah. Right? That doesn't apply. There's like strategy. There's the box. There's this, there's like, so, right? Yeah, so, there's so much you don't So know. this is where I think that what I learned from it, but this is where I stressed out. Maybe you can relate. There are three levels of learners, yeah. right? There's the pe there's everyone starts off with, you don't know what you don't know, mm -hmm. right? The basic learner. And then you have like the middle learner who's like, needs a little bit of aiding. And then you have the kids that already know it yeah. and you have to challenge them. So you have to teach aid and challenge all at the same time. And if you can do all three things, at the same time and reach everybody somehow, then I think that you're an effective communicator, teacher, leader, all of that stuff. And so, you know, that's really hard in basketball when you have kids that are like really great in advance and, you know, you have these new kids that just have never touched a ball, yeah. but their parents want them to explore because that's what you're supposed like to do. Like some kids need a pat on the back, but not all the yeah. kids need a pat on the back, right? Correct. It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, it's the yeah, same yeah. thing. And so, you know, feeling that out, I think was the, in East Boston, my first year of teaching, I think that was hard. Lots of tears. Like, am I doing this right? Very self-doubt. Are these kids getting it? Like, I'm responsible for their future. Yeah. And, you know, whatever they it take It feels here, like that important. It was that important. Yeah. And I'm yeah. going to be evaluated when the fourth so grade true. teacher takes them because yeah. if they don't know what they're doing, they're going to look down the hall and be like, you didn't learn it down there. And so, you know, it's a lot, as you know. It's a lot of and then you're like, screw these kids. I learned what I learned. I'm going to say it on the podcast one day. And then. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Back then with podcasts <laughs> weren't even created. What is a podcast? We're like, that's a spaceship pod? And that's then crazy. after that, you did what? Like so then I, so I got married, I got married right out of college, 22, like wow. I just got married. I graduated in May, yep. I got married in August, yep. I got pregnant in November and I had my first child in August. So in one year I did four major life events that people usually do, you know, year over year. So, um, I taught in Andover a little bit in Somerville, uh, while raising our first child. By the time our second child came, I was more of a stay-at-home mom and PTO and rah-rah yep. and all in it. Yep. And that was great for the time of, but it didn't satisfy me completely because I felt like I could be utilized like in the adult world too, yep. not just like at home. And then that's when, um, after Tucker was born, I got my real estate license in 2009 when we opened up the first restaurant all in the same year. Um, and then I can't believe how much business I've learned in the last 12 years. Like I would never think that I would be in sales yeah. or be a business owner or anything like that. Like the school teacher mindset and the way that I grew up was just very compartmentalized. It yeah, wasn't I would thinking. think this, no, it's not a common story. I would think that, that like school teachers yeah. are like, I'm out of here. Yeah. We're going to open restaurants. We're going to take risks. And you're going to start, yeah. you know, we're going to run companies. We're going to get into real estate. We're going to do scary things and trust the process. Like most teachers, they're more care nurturing. They're, yeah. There's no trusting a process. They're not very risk taking, Right. you know, it's, it's very somewhat calculated and measurable. Like, with books and facts and things like that. When you it's just a, a personality, shift, right? Like, 100%. Yeah. 
Or just think about your favorite school teacher when you were younger. Like they. I didn't teachers. like any of my teachers. You didn't have one. No, there wasn't one badass that you were like, I, they, you know, they're looking you know, out for me and they're I great. liked, I don't remember much of my younger teachers, but I do remember in high school, I had one teacher who taught a, like a business entrepreneurship class. And he'd make us do all these like business mm -hmm. reviews and, um, go over PLs and I thought that class was so interesting and so necessary so I really paid and attention there you go. weird but I really like business well I like that class a lot and for some reason I just remember that guy I thought he was like sharp smart and just like intentional and didn't take no shit from the kids and he was like I'm going to teach your kids this and you're right. going to need it for life and I think the stuff he taught us we Kind of worked, you know, because yeah. I, I think it was cool. But I think so that taught class could have be, been taught by somebody else, and you might not have that. I think people's style and tonality and their enthusiasm, the delivery, you know, all of that comes into play for somebody to fall in love or to be open to falling in love to something that you want to learn yeah. and be learning based. Yeah. You know, if you have like that original teacher that's like wah, 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 Charlie Brown, you're already checked out. But some people might like the one one one. They might. How do you think better. you went from being a teacher to like, we'll say, opening your own restaurant and like being what I what I've known you as, which is a business person. Yeah. Right. I like mean, you, I feel like you got you just opened a restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. You got a restaurant that you had for what? So La Rosa's has been 12 years, yep. and uh, La Fina's been a couple years, and now the lounge is like months old. Yeah. So that's... But I, I don't think that, to be honest, I have to give credit to my husband at the time, because he is a big thinker. Yep. He's a risk taker. Yep. Um, he's always been in sales, and I, I was in awe of him. Like I used to watch him use street smarts from East Boston and, and put it into business and like get what he wants and I used to be like like how does that happen yeah. you know where I felt like I was always having to take like a hundred steps to get something and so he would take two yeah. and so you know the risk taking on that definitely fell into his category but when we did that risk and we jumped I mean I, I jumped with him and I I, I didn't want to let him down so I felt like I had to learn business acumen like I had to understand it so that I didn't feel like I couldn't contribute yeah and then I fell in love with it and then when I fell in love with like taking everything I learned as a school teacher effective communication sending receiving personalities people and putting it into like real estate yeah I was like oh my god where have I been like, why didn't I know about Where do you this? think you started learning business in your first restaurant? Uh, yeah, 100% 2009. Wow. I know anything really it's about It's pretty business. crazy that you had it for 12 years. That's I know. crazy. We, so we literally purchased the restaurant while I was in the delivery room. Literally, they're like, don't push for Tucker. No. Yeah, and Mike's like, Jamie, you have to sign this. I have to fax it over right now because the listing agent needed it like an hour ago and was giving us an extra hour. Yeah. It was crazy. a restaurant there and you just yeah. purchased like- We just purchased the restaurant, the, the business. Lease or whatever. Yep, just the business. Yep. So we don't, yep, we don't own the building. It's like we just purchased a business that was currently there that was shut down, but all new equipment. Yeah. So it was, it was like- Like what was like, the opportunity, you know, like that you guys saw? I think that for, the, for Mike, it's it's business, like eventually um, creating something that you're not working in, but working on, yeah. but receiving profitability, yeah. right? So knowing that his cousin wanted to move up here from Miami and he was very well at the working in the business, which would be being a chef, creating menus, all of that stuff yeah. between his skill set on that and Mike's business acumen. And then I'm a very detailed, organized binder system, POS system, learning it. I think we just all hunker down and and use our credit cards. Like we were in debt. Like no. We were in debt. We were like It wasn't years. like here's the cash. See ya. No, we were like 80, 60, 80 thousand dollars in debt. It was an actual risk. 
huge risk. Like we were buying to open on the first day. Yeah. We were using our credit card and buying from Costco. No. Yeah. No. Yes. No. And making stuff like we Costco were, and Danvers. Listen, we were we we. Somebody took a forty minute ride. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just, we were at Market Basket, like buying stuff. And, you know, it was a risk. And it, there was a lot of grind to it. It wasn't easy. Think about it. It didn't just one. like, oh, here's a restaurant. Enjoy. No. Here's all this money. And no, um, we have three kids, right? All different, all different ages. It's so much work in the beginning. So it's your work. first one. You don't know shit. Jack shit. Right. Okay. You it's only crazy. know what you know. I was a waitress. I worked on Boylston Street. You think you know. You think you know. But you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> you think you, you know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. Um, but you know, we were not destined to fail. You know, we had three kids. Paul had a child at the time too. So there's four yeah. kids involved, a legacy. There was no way that we were gonna go. We were young. Worst case scenario, if we didn't if we didn't succeed, what's the worst that would happen at that age, given that time and circumstance? You know? So it was just like you and your husband, you guys opened this place? With and... our cousin Paul, which is his cousin. So the yeah. three of us. Just we're just like, this is a good idea. This is it. Let's and like, it, was, it was hard. Listen, they were like backdoor arguments. We're locking the door before we open. You know, it's weird. In it's the beginning a of a business, is like a lot of fighting when the money's yep. tight and like things aren't jacked, you know, like. Yeah. Cash isn't coming in the right way. You know what I mean? People, it's funny that you say this, right? So a lot of people will go in there now, 12 years established. And yeah. they're like, we love these restaurants. Like, Paul, you've done such a great job. Like, you know, they just, they're in love with everything. Yeah. And it's, and they're like, oh, you guys are so lucky. That's probably why, you know, you live the lifestyle you do or your kids go to private school or whatever. And I want to be like, let's rewind the film for a minute though. Yeah. Okay, we're looking at the finished product, kind of like when people on Facebook, you put up, you don't put your worst profile picture up. Top who puts 10%. Their, who puts Top the worst 10%. picture that they took? Yeah. Get out of the shower in the morning, take that as your profile and see if you'll do that. No, yeah. we put the one that we thought was the best picture out of all these pictures that made right. us feel great to put out on social media. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so everyone just sees it for that. But behind the Wizard of Oz, you know, curtain, it was grind. It was grind. I mean, listen, we all came from grind. Mike yeah. came from grind from East Boston, hustling. Paul was hustling. I so we had that in you. You either have that grind in you, it's or you don't. It's hard to develop. It's right? I, yeah. that's my opinion. My opinion you is want it. you or have something to have has it in to you. cause you to win. correct. You don't necessarily know what it is. Correct. Or it looks right. like something. Yeah, yeah, I think that you're. It's innate. You're born with it, or. Yeah you're born with it out of desperation because of a life-changing altering event that yeah. you have to make a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? but it has to be forced, like that heavy. Yeah. Or it just, it has to be in you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So 12 years later, mm -hmm. somewhere in that time you joined KW. Mm -hmm. And then, does anything change? Do you grow more as a person or like, so I got into real estate at a, um, a, a local brokerage, independent brokerage, and learned how to do real estate. Had a great mentor, things like that. Uh, then I switched companies, you yeah. know, and then um, when I found Keller Williams, it wasn't to sell real estate, though. It was more of the leadership opportunity because for the role that was described to me, which is this team leader role, yeah. It was more of teaching, aiding. It was almost like being a school teacher, to be honest. You're responsible for providing an amazing environment for people to learn in, build camaraderie, mastermind, sharing. How know, does that detail. make you feel? Like that? Well, it's like, amazing. Uh, so yeah, you I learned, love it. I loved it. I learned something this year, though. Yeah. So I loved it. I didn't realize it's a natural talent. Like, you Not thought you were working at it? You, right. Well, I do work at it, but like everybody, like some people will look at me and be like, I just don't know how you do it. Right. They say that to you. I don't know how you guys do it. I, don't, I hear that all the time. And I think to myself, you know how to do it. You just do it. Yeah. You don't think about doing it. But what it made me realize is, but not everybody is really capable right. by either choice or circumstance to, to do that. And so, or from, mindset, or, or mindset, yeah, any yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so, being in the role that I am, I do love it because I want to help people be better. I want to help them personally and business. 
you know, even at my own expense sometimes, even if it's two hours of my time. I can tell you do time. want it, you know. I feel like it's that's what, why would you be a teacher? Right. You know what I mean? Correct. It's not for the pay. If pick up situation, maybe there's a drop off, like, you know, you, you depend on, like, the right people to kind of help you out when needed. Yeah, I think that makes sense, you know. What do you think has been some of your biggest lessons, like your top three biggest lessons in business and in leadership? Dude, top three business. Um, okay. Like if somebody came in, you got you got like a young, we'll say a young Jamie Camerata. They're like, listen, honey, get in here. You know you can run this office. And you're like, ah, what? How many people in this office? They're like 900. You're like, okay, slow down. I'm out of here. They're like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we please just talk you into this? And then like you walk in the room, right? You now. And you're like, listen. Yeah. Number one, relax. And relax. One, two, three, let's go. So fires die out. I feel like you don't need to, um, don't be a reactor, be a responder. Yeah. So when fires are in any conversation, relationship, business, when it's there, take a step back and don't try to put out a fire with a spark gun. Just give it some time, yeah. let it rest and then address it. Um, the reaction and responding is a big one for me because uh, I think it's your tendency as a child to react to something. You touch a stove, you know, you see yeah but the response is better. I also think in leadership, if you're not providing an environment where people can make a mistake, then you won't be able to keep people in your leadership environment. Yeah. And so what I mean by that is, you know, some leaders want things to be just done their way, the best way, this, like I said, my old self, right? But it's not about doing it my way. You have to be able to let people make mistakes and for them to be okay with it and get them to learn from it for them to develop and grow and know that in the end, it's still going to work out and be done. Yeah. So, and those were hard things to learn, like through, you know, understanding business and stuff um, and, and asking questions, right? You're doing a great job asking questions, but try not to make so many statements and just really listen to someone and ask great questions and let them tell their story. You don't tell them their story. Right. You know, like, right. So Everybody little, has their own thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and, and breathing and there's no rush, like relax, be more yeah. purposeful and intentional with your word choice, where you spend your time, you know, when you're young and, I was a young mom here in Andover. I mean, I was 23 years old. I had a baby and all these moms were older and this and that, you know, I just want to make friends. I was just like, Oh, I want it. I want it. I want it all. I want it all so fast. Yeah. I'm, I'm exhausted. I mean, you know, getting married early, having a baby, graduating, you know, getting your job, another baby, another house, another baby, another house, restaurant, yeah. restaurant, restaurant, real estate. I just Me, that. I'm like, you know, the last two years, I'm like, slow down. Like, slow it down yeah you have to it's right it's not a sprint it's what a about like that makes me think like slow it down what about like comparing like that that neediness for more of like comparing yourself to others mm -hmm. especially like in the business arena you know like you always want to compete you always want to grow you know but yeah. like what about the little concept of hey stay in your lane stay in your lane this is your path you know and finish what you started so other things will follow and come into alignment yeah. if you attract it yeah you're not going to have it all at the same time you know yeah. and yeah i have a competitive natural uh personality driven and i want it but i also have to be realistic about the things around me. Uh, one thing I've never done to myself, to be honest, is I've never really like compared myself to other people, to other people. I don't know why, like, I don't know. I grew up, all right, we can talk about this. So I'll time out on the play here, but right. you know, I was in the, uh, the music industry when I was younger Yeah. and, um, 
can't believe it. And uh, so I used to have a producer back when New Kids on the Block and Marie Starr was part of our producing team. And I cut records and, and sang places and went to New York and had a limo and like all this crazy stuff. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> anyway. So, um, okay. yeah, we'll just kind of skirt all that. All right. How, like how old? Like how old? <laughs> 14, 15, okay, all right. 16, like right, that little sweet spot. All right. And um, I just learned a lot then about people. You know, I'm I'm sitting here in a studio in New York and and I'm and I'm recording and like Madonna's in like the next booth. Britney Spears and that whole bubble of like young Christina Aguilera and yeah. and in sync and stuff when they were just coming out. That's when I was in the same time period. That's what I was doing. And um so to have like Britney Spears around or meeting celebrities, sharing a dressing room with meatloaf, like they're just, they, they pay bills, they yeah, eat, they yeah. go to the grocery store. They're no different than you. Yeah. And so I think because of that environment, I don't care if you're Tom Brady or if you're Jamie Camerata, like I don't, if you're nice, you're authentic, you're real, you're loyal and our personalities click high five, you know? Yeah. Like that's really it. So I've never been like compared myself to people. Yeah. However, I, I do want to, I do and not envy. That's not the word either. There are some people that I look at as role models and I'm like, you know what? That's where I want to be. And if that's where I want to be, then I want to learn how they did that and what steps they took and what's yeah. the best advice on maybe cutting out a couple of those bumps and learning from that and seeing if that's what like I really want. Cause if I start comparing myself to other people, then I'll never know what I really want because I'm always wanting a little bit of you and a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And it's like, then you're a mess. Right. Um, you have to be able to learn from people. Yeah. And I think that experience is cool because you know, like I personally know a lot of different people that being in sales that, one one person wants to be better than the next person, next person. Get, and while I think that that is like good motivation, especially earlier in your career, I think what happens is like if people aren't careful, it ends up being like debilitating. One, yes, 100%, I think. Because you forget like. Self-identity, like you get lost in it. You get lost in it, which mm -hmm. is a scary place for people. Well, look at all know? these celebrities, right? You think like about, I mean, let's just, Britney Spears would be a great example. Like guys, yeah. you look at a Taylor Swift and she, she's out, she's not in the media. You know, she didn't get caught up in that stuff. She fought to produce her own things. Um, you know, her morals and stuff. She didn't, she didn't get, um, attracted to the shiny object to try to be that. Yeah. And a lot of these young celebrities, they, they get caught up in it. Yeah. And then they lose their identity and then they have like these breakdowns, Selena Gomez, this one, that one, it doesn't matter. Um, so I never wanted to be that obviously, right? I don't want to break down like that, but I did want to have things that I didn't have when I was younger. I want to be able to provide things to my kids that I wish I had the path for it to be provided for me mm -hmm. easier than the path that I, I chose. I want to teach them about it and I do want to create a legacy. Like I would love to be able to leave a legacy of portfolio of buildings or uh, passive income or, you know, whatever it is, a business I create, whatever, um, for my children, because it's important because I have no idea what the future holds, but I know that I would have never thought where we are today would have been where we are today, 10 years ago. Right. You know, so I have no idea. A little bit of hard work. I'm going to be working for Charlie someday. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I look at it. It's like, what? Um, so, yeah. That's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. All right. Cool. I don't know. What else do you want to add? Nada. I don't know. What else do you want to know? I feel like I want to know about leadership. I want to know, like, what you learned about hiring people. We learned about firing people. What you learned about being a business person and having to be tough sometimes, like, or having to make tough decisions. Yeah. You know, not be tough, but having to deal with tough issues. 
you know what I mean? Like shit you don't, yeah. don't want to deal with, you know, like whether it be letting people go or changing whatever. In the, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it could be. I mean, one best, one piece of advice that I, I was given early on when I got into this company for leadership was it's better to be respected. Yeah. Um, you know, than going for the likability factor of popularity. It's better to be respected than going for the likability factor. factor of the popularity. Yeah. So, you know, everyone wants to be liked by people. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. Um, but respect, if I was respected by everybody, then I don't really need to be liked. It, it, it doesn't concern me if you want to hang out with me or that you like the way that, you know, I think or that the way that I do. But if you respect the way that I do something or why I do it or the standards that I create or the way that I've created something, I just think that that is the ultimate goal for me. Yeah. And so, um, so I've always led by that in terms of the leadership. Um, it's not fun, you know, firing people. Uh, I don't actually call it firing people. I call it self-discovery. Self-discovery. Uh, I don't need to fire anybody. Listen, you already know you're doing a bad job. Yeah. Or you already know as a person. Everybody so knows. It's easy. Honestly, it's easy for somebody. Not emotionally, but it's easy for somebody to be like, you're out. Yeah. Okay. But it's harder to make somebody else self-discover themselves out of the position and leave in that way. Yeah. And so with hiring, I didn't know anything about hiring. I mean, I've learned all this stuff in the last 12, 10 years, but, um, you know, the hiring process and the assessments that we have and the personality assessments and understanding people and, you know, hiring slow and making sure that you're not hiring them because, you know, they're the same or likable or like we can hang out. Right. You're hiring somebody for a void that you can't do or that you choose not to do because you're putting your time somewhere else that they can do better. And do they fit that job description? Do they fit that role? Right? So sometimes that is hard because I've interviewed people where I'm like, Oh my God, I love where this is going. Mm -hmm. But then when I'm asking the great questions and I'm getting to know them and I'm like, man, they don't know nothing about marketing. <laughs> they don't know anything. Yeah, They're still using print shop from 1980. They're like, Jeez. what's Canva? I'm like, you're out. Well, let's get drinks after, you know? So um, hiring is slow. It's hard. You want to make sure you, you know, uh, attract the right people. Yeah. Uh, the letting go of people. I mean, I don't want to let them go. I want to. I want to hire people. It's the it's the perfect hire all the time. But that's like the perfect world, right? Yeah. Which doesn't really happen. Right. I think in business you just have to make decisions and then you got to keep going you know what I mean it's listen it's it's a business decision it doesn't right. mean that it's a personality it doesn't mean we can't go to a bar after correct that, right? it's just yeah. business yeah, right just... dollars and cents of business and so if this is the job description that you agreed to do yeah. and this is the pay that you agreed to do it at and you're complaining about pay for the job description that you decided that you wanted to sign that's a question right yeah or if um or if you're not doing the job description that you're supposed to be doing, but you're doing everything else really great over here. But what I hired you for, you're not performing in. Yeah. I'm okay with that too. It just means that you, you, you don't belong in that seat of the bus. You might belong on my leadership bus, but you don't belong in seat A. You actually belong in seat right, right. G because if you put, what you're if showing you're up over here is putting in all the work and getting better and like showing yourself, mm -hmm. you know, like obviously more opportunities come. And I think people shoot themselves in the foot by not, they want, it's like you can't, you gotta let your work ask for the opportunity, Correct. not your ego. And like yeah. Your, you know what I mean? It, yeah. It has to show up. The results have to be there. The results have to be there. 150%. No, I mean, effort is one thing. Excuses are one thing. Yeah. But if the results aren't there, then to be honest, as a leader, Some I'm doing a disservice. Some people ask stuff and they don't have the results. And you're like, what well, planet are we on now? Yeah. Right. I'm like, but you're not even, like, you're supposed to do A, B, and C. And, you're, and they're like, but I'm doing X, Y, and Z at a high level. And I'm like, yeah. but I hired you for A, B, and C. Let's get back to business and like career 
and career choices. So you guys got this restaurant. Yep. You got, well, this is your career, right? Like, yeah. Team leader over here at Kelvin. How many agents do we have now? Uh, 194. 194. You're the team leader of this office, mm -hmm. right? Which it's 194 people, right? Mm hmm. And uh, you're growing this. You guys just opened your steakhouse, right? Lafina. Mm -hmm. I was just there the other day. Um, and then you got the lounge next to it now. Mm -hmm. Yep. You did that in 2020 or 2021? So in 2019, November, we opened Lafina, and then the world shut down in March of 2020. <laughs> So wow. we were only open for three Any months. like crazy challenges with all that for the businesses? Oh, I mean, 100%. If you were a restaurant business, I mean, it put 50% of restaurant owners oh, out. So you guys got to have a pandemic proof. And so, I mean, I got to give it to Paul. Listen, you, as a high-end steak place, if you want to talk about Lafina, right? Yeah. Most people aren't taking a $54 filet yeah. to go. Right. Like, calling in order and taking it cooked and out maybe every now and then if they're don't know how to cook and you're trying to save your relationship yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. like hey meet that rare so the time i get home it's meat you rare right i don't know i don't know what you're doing truffle fries are good but um so paul had to get creative during the pandemic on creating something yeah that we could utilize as a takeout and so he created this pop-up um concept where it would be like a drop mm -hmm. and it would it would have a theme so like it would be like andover fried chicken and it would be like your old school kentucky fried chicken ish but way better because it's like all organic meat it's fresh it's freshly made yeah. it's not like processed stuff. so with homemade mashed potatoes homemade strawberry shortcake homemade this biscuits gravy this is that dinner for four and we can only make 35 of those an hour Mm -hmm. So it was all scheduled the way that it was cooked, that we could only box and cook so much chicken and only 35 meals could go out per hour. So we would do it for three hours and the first 110 people, mm -hmm. we would sell out and sell out and sell out. And then we would ask people, would you come three hours, like an hour earlier? So you'd pick it up here, even though you're eating dinner here. And the concept was so big. Then they did a barbecue one. So to save our, I think, restaurant there, mm -hmm. Paul as an amazing leader went right back in with Ashley, who's the chef and worked every day because we didn't have any staff. It was COVID. So it just with the same people, it was like just the owners and a couple of rockstar staff people that would work and just grind for these take homes. So I think that saved this concept of fine dining and, and being really bought into, um, being in the community and wanting to give the community something. Yeah. Whereas La Rosa's is a, more affordable, um, everyday cafe style takeout, dine in. Um, and it was the community. Listen, if the community couldn't support it, if they couldn't go get it, then you were going to be shut down. Right. Right. Um, right. you couldn't predict though, the food, the trucks, the deliveries, not getting items. I mean, still to this day, we have like, literally we're still living in a world where like, you still see, you can't get chicken. Yeah, right it's now. like crazy. Right? You know, like, the toilet paper concept. This, oh so, God. I don't know. I, I just think that in the last couple of years, it's really defined um, the sense of purpose, mm -hmm. more back to tradition and family time. When everything was shut down, you were playing board games. You couldn't even buy off of Amazon. You couldn't even get a delivery. You couldn't find it in any of the stores that were open. Paint. Yeah board games this that it brought a sense of like everyone needs to calm down and take we're, we're going all the time you couldn't even you. drive sometimes you, right like there was a man you couldn't yeah, even be yeah. on yeah Don't you could be, be on the road, road after 10 or whatever i i think there's good in what happened with covid in terms yeah. of like bringing a sense of family and people together slowing down like realizing what's right? important yep. realizing uh technology grow Right? Yeah. Everything you can do with technology. So Yeah, everybody's on Zoom. And and like Zoom. If I would have known that, I would have bought the Zoom stock. I was like, what? I know. I would have bought some Zoom stock. <laughs> Bitcoin, Zoom, Sierra. Right? Where's My kids are talking about not on crypt this crypto, right? Oh. Cryptocurrency. And me, I was like, 
There is so much opportunity, I think, like with the, we live probably in one of the best decades because of technology and where it is. And like, you could literally make from a money standpoint, crazy in such a short period of time. Mm -hmm. And it's like the market's open to be like a global market, right? Where you could get products from everywhere. Like you could Uh do business everywhere, right? Like this is worldwide like yeah. it's just crazy yeah us talking right now yeah is like worldwide <laughs> can we insert pitbull here mr worldwide that's crazy it is it is crazy i think it's cool so do you do visualization do you think about what you want in life in your relationships as you get older, as you become like, um, I don't know, more of a business owner, which like, I know you as a friend, so I would imagine we have the same intentions, right? To like become a business owner so you could grow more businesses, so you could help Mm -hmm. more people. So you could, you know, like this, you have to grow in your position to grow, to help more people. It's just the, that's how it goes. But like, do you think you visualize and look forward to what might happen in your life and like see like maybe you saw like Lathena mentally before it ever happened like do you believe or do any of that metaphysical um, stuff i never did it before so let's just say that before would be like in the last year and a half i i didn't go that extra step like i would teach people how to do it yeah and motivate them yeah. and and help them through it mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, I think during my divorce, I think that's when I put this, the mask on and I took my own words of when you're in an airplane, they tell you when the mask comes down, you need to put it on yourself before you can save other people. Right. Yeah. And as a mom, you're like, that's a lie. You just put on your kids because it's like your kids. And it's like, we're well, not going to be able to get to your kids if you can't get to your second kid. Cause you didn't help yourself. Right. Yeah. And so the words made sense, but I never really, to be honest and authentic to everybody watching, like I never really visualized any of it. And I never took it to the next degree in terms of what, why do I want it? What, what would it look like? What would it look like if I get what I want or Mm -hmm. if I, if I dream bigger Mm -hmm. and in the last two years, it's so real that, you know, this one piece of legacy that we talk about, I want to build a portfolio. And for Christmas, I want to give my kids, you know, in an envelope, the first portfolio piece to the investment side of, um, you know, a two family or a three family. And, you know, I put that out to the universe. I wrote it down. I go to, I go to, um, some open houses recently for two families, you know, I'm actively looking like I'm taking steps and visualization, visualizing steps that are necessary to really make that happen so that on Christmas, the envelope is going to them so that I can show them that, Hey, the three of you own this and this is your LLC. And Um, I never used to do that. I used to fantasize like, Oh, it'd be so great to have a beach house. It'd be so great to have this. And it's like, for what though? Like if it doesn't have purpose, what's the purpose? Like, why do I want it? Because when I started defining the purpose on why I wanted it or why I wanted certain relationships to look the way that they are, Mm -hmm. or once I started really purposefully, I guess maybe visualizing, it started to happen, Yeah. you know? And before I think it was like not even a roadmap. It was just like bits and pieces. But when I really made the priorities and strategies and was intentional about stuff, it's mind blowing. I'm like, Oh my God, it's real. It's happening. It's now, you know, pretty crazy. Feeling. It's so tr- it, you know, you can tell people, have you ever been to St. Thomas, St. Martin, St. Martin? Saint no. Puerto Rico. Yes. Okay. So Dominican is beautiful, right? It, wherever you've been, you love to go on vacation. If you're, if you love it and you're talking to somebody else about it, yeah. they're hearing the words they're, they're, but they've never experienced it. So they can't be like, Oh, 
Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like me saying, Martin, what? Puerto yeah. Rico? Yeah. Puerto Rico, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, so it's a, it's the same thing. So yeah. if you've never received passive income before, right, mailbox money, you, you put you your money know. somewhere, you know, or your time somewhere, and all yeah. of a sudden money's coming in your bank account while you're sleeping, but like you're making money. Yeah. If you've never experienced that, you're not going to believe it. You're going to think that's not true. You're not. It, it's, it's so far-fetched. It's so far-fetched, yeah. right? But when you are receiving that money in your bank account, yeah. or when that's actually happening, you're like, oh my God, this is real. Then you're like, oh, let me hunker down and learn more about this because you want it, you know? So for me, I never, again, I wasn't a business owner, business thinker, a school teacher. I didn't think like that. And now I want to understand the difference between certain money investments. I want to understand the stuff that I've been teaching, to be honest with you, for eight or nine years to Ella Williams agents about being, you know, an investor, flipping yeah. properties, yeah. you know, start doing it myself. Because yeah. if I'm helping other people do it and I have all that knowledge, why wouldn't I be doing it myself? Well, I wasn't doing it for myself because I didn't see the end purpose. And once I saw the legacy of how I want to create something, that's never happened in my family for my own kids. Mm -hmm. And that would mean everything to me. That was the not big why, but that was the reason behind everything yeah, and the purpose. It's also probably like thinking, allowing yourself to like be like, it's okay to think bigger. It's right. okay to accomplish more. And it's okay to realize that you actually can. That's true. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's cool. So what do you think, like, what would you want? Like a house in Florida, a house in New Hampshire? For the first um, investment Just, property? No, like, what would you want for an investment property? Yeah. And how, how do you think you'd want to live your life? Like, do you want to travel more? Do you want to have houses in different places? My biggest thing um, is not really Do you want to have, like, more bigger family gatherings? I got, you know, like, what do you see? Listen, I, I grew up um, not rich, but not poor. I mean, everybody worked. Everybody worked in my family. Yep. And, you know, I never want to be put in a situation where all three of my kids live in different states. Mm -hmm. And they're having milestones in life, getting married, having babies, graduating, like whatever the milestone is. And me, because of money or because of lack of finances mm -hmm. or because of lack of health, can't be there. So for me, it's, you know, health was never crazy important to me. Right. Um, and then I realized during COVID and losing people and, you know, uh, my parents are getting older and I'm getting older and, you know, going to the gym, the 20 pounds doesn't fall off that fast. And, you know, when you start seeing it and feeling it, you you start just becoming more intentional about stuff. Yeah. And so I want to be able to live comfortably where the, the money, what the money can do for me, which is bring me to my, you know, the birth of my granddaughter or my grandson someday or this or that. I want to be able to have that. I never want to be able to say I can't do something because of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's a priority to me. So I think that should just help me think bigger, you know, cause you can, cause you're thinking of like, you don't want to, you want to be able to live your best life, basically. Correct. And you don't want that, whether you live your best or not, you know, like money allows people to be more who they are, but it also allows you to have your family experience different things. And there's a certain level of financial security when you buy a multifamily or you buy something to add to the legacy of your kids and your right. grandkids, right? Like right. that. And like, I think as you get older, it would feel nice to know that you left it to your kids. Yeah. I mean, you know? I don't want things handed to them, right? I want yeah. them to understand worth ethic. I, I want them to understand yes. value. I yes, want, yes, yes. I, I want them to 100%. Understand that, right? Like, yep, I agree. But at the same time, I don't know what life is going to hand them or myself. I don't want them to have to financially take care of me. Yeah. You know, if I, if I get sick or, you know, I can't take care of myself, I don't want to have to move in with one of my kids and, and as they're starting their life, 
you know, with their wife or they're halfway through their life with the wife and the kids are graduating and now they're going to enjoy that second round. I don't want to be that burden for that. I don't want them to have to think about payment plans for like a retire, uh, retirement community. Yeah, yeah. What? Like that's not their, honestly, I just don't think that that's their burden. Yeah. Um, so it's stuff like that, that it drives me to be smarter about like just spending money, uh, portfolio building, entrepreneurial thinking, aligning myself with the right people, learning from people that are doing something so great. And what, who do you look up to? And like, you know, like what kind of stuff do you study? Are you into like more meditation, learning, right? Like mm -hmm. Dalai Lama stuff, like spiritual are you into more like financial learning? Are you into more? I think like, more self, like self-help, self-healing. Self-healing? Just self right now, you know? Like like being okay. Understanding in my yeah. skin who I am yeah. and accepting like, you know, and, and, and really like just learning about me. Like why am I either way that I am and take some things into consideration and don't be so hard on myself and, and, and celebrating the small wins and celebrating you as a person, yeah. you know, and don't beat yourself down about stuff. And, you know, if, if you want something, if you really want it, okay, well then what are the steps necessary to have it? And if you're not willing to do those steps, then honestly, you don't really want it yeah. and move on and be okay with it. And so, you know, I'm, I'm into that. Like I love Mel Robbins, you know, um, so I, I love John Maxwell. I love certain books like that. I have to tell you, I don't, I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't watch, um, TV series. I used to all the time. Mm -hmm. Haven't done that maybe in 10 years. Um, it's just not my thing. I love music. It's very therapeutic for me. I love cooking. Um, I love being with my kids and that's it. Like that's, that's just where I'm at now. Whereas before, I think I was just trying to be like the jack of all trades. Right. Yeah. And that's just not really what I want. I want to try to figure out a defined purpose for me and where that next journey is. And I think in order to do that, I have to look in the mirror and do some stuff like for myself and learn more about me. So that's where I'm at. Uh, I don't meditate. Um, I've tried. I just, that's not my thing right now. Um, I don't know. That's hey, it. that's that. You want to be a better leader and better in business and better in life and blah, 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 blah. I think at the end of the day, the learning never stops and where it's awesome is like, you know, you're an individual, but you get to have, you can have a fairly balanced, like family life and business life okay. and like for me personally i don't regret i was just telling julian this the other day my son i was like saying like hey listen he asked me like dad if you could go back to an age mm. you know like which age would you go back to you know and basically what we got around to is like i'd obviously go back to when he's a little boy mm. you know because they're like so sweet you know they can grab your their um, little hand yeah. gets one thing i'd bring it to that time you know <laughs> That's the best, right? You're like this perfect uh, type. Melt your heart. You're like, oh. But what I was telling him is even through growing our business, I never missed. Like, I'll never be on my deathbed and regret spending, to, being like, oh, I should have spent that day with mm -hmm. my kid. I don't have those days. Oh, yeah. I have, like, mm -hmm. I'm spending that day with my kid. And everything else is secondary, secondary because that fulfillment is so much purer long term so than like anything. Yeah, you know? you'll never be able to get that back. You'll never be able to get that time. You well, can't buy that. So right? interesting. Like, so, um, you know, I drive Charlie to the prep on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings for um mm -hmm. for workout, right? Because he wants to be part of the lacrosse program. He's a freshman, and so their workouts at six thirty in the morning. 6 30. 6 30. So we oh, have to leave the house at 5 45 a.m. all the time. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, but I will say this Charlie gets his license next February. Mm -hmm. So from February 1st on, I'll never have the car opportunity to have the one to one conversations that we have. Ooh, that's what I mean. And yeah. I'm telling you something 
I don't wake up anymore. Um, you know, and I started saying this in September, there's a certain day in September that this all happened. And, um, I, I get to say like, I get to drive Charlie in the morning, yeah. you know, because I, I, I own a car. Not everybody can own a car. Not everybody gets to, um, be a present for their kid because they're going to their job, mm -hmm. their commute at 5 mm -hmm. in the morning. So instead of being like, Oh, I have to do this, have to do that. Right. And you get to do that. And when I started really saying that all the time and catching myself and trying this like, you know, fun activity out that was recommended by a friend. It's so true. And so I have to say, I am up before Charlie. I spoil him. I start the car. It's nice and warm. Like I, we are ready. My coffee's ready. Like his, like, it's so purposeful and ready. Yes. And oh, I yeah. want to be there. Yeah. And yeah. it's not like, oh my God, I have to get out of here. I have to pick up my kids. I'm like a mess. Mm -hmm. No, I'm like, guys leaving. I get to go get Charlie. We have conversations because when he gets his own car and he starts driving, that's going to be, be a different two time. hours less a day yeah. that I will yeah. um, be able to interact with him. It's like the life's next gonna chapter happen. of life, right? Yeah. Like that's, yeah that's and I think I mean. that that happens when you get older because you're getting older and you're starting to realize this. Was this my mentality with my first? I'm like, no, yeah. you know, but um, just start thinking of it that way. Like, you know, you, you everyone's blessed to a degree. Yeah. And so, All our days know, are numbered. Right. Right. And, uh, and I, and I get to do something and, and you should be grateful for you it get to make those memories. And I'm like, it's cool, you know, it's but, cool. So I think at the end of the day, just take it easy. What are we telling little Jamie back in the day? Oh my God. Relax. Stop worrying so much. Stop worrying and stop trying to control the things you can't control. Yeah. Right. I can control my thoughts. I can control my actions, my feelings, but I can't control what somebody else is going to say, do think you know, their next move, their chest move, like, do you relax? Don't mm -hmm. worry so much. Like it will get done. It will work out. Yeah. Take a chill pill. Take Jill. a freaking chill pill, man. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, anyway, David. I think that, um, that was awesome. Thanks. That Thank was you. cool. Thank you. I was a little nervous. I feel like I'm always nervous before these. I don't know why. Cause you would think I don't get nervous. Well, you don't. Yeah, I, I, mean, I was like a little that. nervous. I started going down the stairs. I get a little nervous. Like, like, I'm like, you know, what, you know, like, this is live, but I think the best way I found to do anything is just do it. If you be yourself, you don't ever have to think twice about it. Correct. That's what I learned. What's your advice? What do you got? Last advice for the podcast? Favorite quote? Favorite leadership? Tactic? I mean, I love Charlie's. If it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. You if know? it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. Right. That was my interview with Jamie. You can <laughs> listen to it on our podcast. Have a great day. Goodbye, everybody.